grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Lent is a season for the church that comes to shake off distractions in life. Of course, Lent is a word that simply means springtime or lengthening of daylight. With this penitential time for Christians, God's creation is also changing around us. If the shifting of the seasons can be felt by the farmers to get ready for the fields with everybody else, we have more than enough changes going on this year. Distractions remain, you know, as we try to keep balancing health concerns with the daily tasks of life. As this works out also, if you haven't noticed, in unique ways among age groups. So each have to deal with different distractions among the different generations of men. Let alone, new anxieties are creeping on the scene of our lives that, frankly, none of us sees coming. All this distraction floods upon us when we gather before the Lord. The divine service, as Lutherans call it, God's service by word and sacrament, is truly his gift to us. Jesus also understood the value of attending the temple, having gone, if you remember from the Christmas season and such, but he's gone to the temple um, to the Passover feasts all the time after age 12. Except there's a new tone set by our gospel today, isn't there? Not only is this the first public act of Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of John, as a commentator notes, here too is the first visit to the city of Jerusalem, his first Passover, and his first confrontation with the Jews. The shaking up of this scene shows us a great thing. God cares. Christ clears away the distractions for us, promising the unchangeable word is the glory of God, now resting in his death and resurrection. The cleansing of Passover at the temple, it required Christ to do it. Of all the feasts of Israel, Passover, as you've heard plenty of times in the past, Passover took precedence for the Israelites. This festival is what the Lord established for his people originally, being their means of deliverance from Egypt. You remember the Sunday school stuff? This Passover was established in a, when they were in captivity. And they were to keep it for generations afterwards. And, and later, the yearly sacrificing of the lambs, remember the blood over the doorposts? Well, it became something that finally was attached to being done at the temple in Jerusalem because it was the place, that place, of God's presence. Millions of Jews, you've got to picture it, 
went to Jerusalem from all over the world during the Passover time, but the temple had gone through some changes by the time of Jesus. An evident shift went to the typical sales of animals for sacrifice because you got to get the animals. Not everybody could get them on their own acres and they had to be had the special rights and all these things for them. But they had to get them. But all this stuff moved right into the temple, specifically into the court of the Gentiles. There are more actions than words, if you notice, when Jesus sets the tone for his ministry as the Messiah. No surprise, frankly, for anyone when Jesus comes into the temple. There was no surprise over that. He'd been doing that since 12 years old, right? But the prophet Malachi foresaw much, much more. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. This kind of suddenness, when Jesus enters his public ministry, drove everyone out and tipped over the tables, not by a rebellious spirit of men, we know about rebellion today, but not that kind of spirit, but Jesus acting out rightly in being the Lord. Passover had lost the value set by God concerning deliverance and become a system of man, an exchange thing, a tool of management filled with corruption. Distractions now pull us away from the true Passover that is the gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord. Driven into concerns of management over life, misses how God's means of grace actually deliver forgiveness for our lives. Whatever helps and conveniences, even to worship, it can all be distracting so that the law comes to tear it all down and take it all out of our hands. Christ comes to his baptized, promising this, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of sin, death. The longing of God to be with man cried out by the zeal of Christ in the temple. Unlike money changes performing a mere service, Jesus provided God's deep desire up front as Savior. Those selling the pigeons that was for poor people, okay? The meager sacrifices. They received the rebuke, and it applied to everybody up the scale, that kind of rebuke. In great passion, Jesus spoke with his divine relationship. Did you hear it? The divine relationship as the Son. Take these things away. Do not make my Father's house a house of trade. Better translation, a business venture. It was from the Word that the Holy Spirit bore witness to the Word made flesh, allowing the disciples, you heard it, they recalled the Scriptures 
about how the zeal for, my, for the house will consume me. But remember, they didn't do that on their own record. It came from the work of the Holy Spirit. And such zeal was more than a feeling over that moment that Jesus had, but the consuming task, the goal, Jesus knew was his course to be the perfect sacrificial lamb. Only Jesus renders the payment we need, for he alone is the Father's love poured out upon all of humanity and for us. He cries out, not for a perfect service where we can pat ourselves in the back for a good performance, whether we come to church or whether it's your whole life. That's not the point. More than an equal relationship between God and man, it's about receiving again the promise put forward for us in Christ. This is what nothing else in the world can give, for the zeal of sinners cannot save us or render us right before the law. Go ahead with all the zeal you want with works in the law. It's going to kill you. The great exchange of Christ is his grace for our guilt, his justice for our uncleanness, his love for the loveless. To have God be at home with us, as Peter would say, not with perishable things, passing things such as silver and gold. Those last a long time, last I checked. But not those passing things, Peter says, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. The unchangeable word promises. All things are glorious in Christ. To the unbelieving, this poses a great challenge. A great threat. Jews at the temple demanded a sign from such a disturber of their peace. Jesus answered of destroying the temple. Actually, of course, you know, is referring, it tells us, to a specific place. In the Greek word, you don't catch it in the English because you think it's the same temple precinct of the Gentile courts, but he's referring to the place of the Holy of Holies when he says destroy this temple, the holy space of God. And so you see, while they were talking about the age of a building and how long an effort it took to build something by the hands of men, and frankly, they didn't even build it. Herod did on the money of government, not even the people from taxes. Jesus, though, was talking about the holiness of God now, as you heard, in the flesh for humanity. The mockery of raising the temple, it come back to Jesus. These words, you know them. They start out the ministry and it come back to slap him in the face at the cross. If, if you who would say you, you would destroy this temple and raise it in three days, come down. You'll hear it during Holy Week. Resurrected body proved the holiness of God to be much more glorious. There would be no reformation of the temple 
but the truth that God has drawn close to us in Christ. Instead of regulations and distractions, the will of God is bound up for you in the death and resurrection of Jesus. The Lord is now at home with us so that we have the Passover feast of Christ, the Lamb, in the sacrament. And the zeal of his saving word to challenge our lives with his love. Lent leaves no options over the church's true glory. You heard it today. Paul said, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Even your very bodies. This is an aging church. Okay, great. Even your very bodies are being saved because they're a temple redeemed by and baptized into Christ. And so they're undisturbed. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. If everything these days seems shaken to heartache, overrun with protocols, and taxed with anxieties, God refuses to let the gospel go unnoticed. His greatest gift does intrude upon a weary world. It must or there will be no hope. Christ promises to clear away the distractions for us. Since the unchangeable word is the glory of God, now resting where it needs to be in the death and resurrection of Christ for us. Amen.